Hi, and welcome to today's Community Conversations. Today, we're lucky to have Flora Choll. Flora is a Melbourne-based South Sudanese writer and poet. She is the published author of Tomorrow's Dream, her first poetic anthology. Her poetry explores topics such as race, whiteness, gender, and other social and political issues. Welcome, Flora. Hi. <laughs> um, now, I know that you're an extremely interesting person, so we're going to start from the beginning. And can you tell me about how your life was like growing up here in Australia, especially maybe primary and high school? Oh, wow. Okay, a real trip down memory lane. Um, So I grew up in um, South Australia. Um, I uh, came to Australia when I was about eight years old, I think. Yeah, just eight, eight years old. So I pretty much experienced both primary um, and uh, secondary education as well as like my university education. So I've pretty much gone through the whole, you know, the whole system. Um, I know it very well. I um, I went to a lot of uh, private schools when I was growing up. My I went to a, a Catholic high school. I went to a few Catholic private, uh, primary schools as well when I was uh, moving around. Um, when we were moving around, like changing houses and things like that, um, I had a pretty cruisy time growing up um, in South Australia, it, like in high school, um, in primary school. But obviously, when at the moment, when you start getting older, times start getting very challenging and things start to change. And otherwise, most things that you're oblivious about when you're a young child in primary school you become very aware of when you know when you're when you're a little bit older um i probably um didn't have some of the best um high school experiences but some i suppose some of the good experiences that i had like maybe they outweigh um some of the challenges that i had but um yeah i i've met so what do you think was your biggest challenge um when i was in high school yeah. Um I think one of the biggest challenges challenges that I probably had was just the fact that you know coming from a like you know a background where um it like English was an additional language that was you know one one challenge that I had um trying to you know navigate the whole like the, the system of education here in I suppose in a society that doesn't really know what it's like to work with um young people or or children from from cultured backgrounds um i don't think that schools or high schools are as um culturally aware as some maybe some as they are now so maybe we've made a little bit of progress but back back in those days and i'm sure pe- some other people who came long before me can can testify to that that um, we've definitely come a long way, so that was one major one major challenge for me. And also having, you know, having to be the one person who re- was really just in, in charge of my own education, um, and and that's you know a fact for all of us who our parents don't really speak English, they can't really read our letters from school or or understand what's happening in school. We sort of get put in a position where we have to be very independent in terms of our education. And I was, I was very, I was a very driven and independent um, young student. 
And, um, you know, I fought very hard to try and achieve a lot of the things that I wanted to achieve through, through my education. And I, and I think that, you know, my passion for a lot of things did come through in the end for me. And I was lucky in the sense that I had a few teachers that were very supportive of me, like when I was in primary school as well as when I was in high school. But, you know, with that, with that saying, there's still, there's still challenges. And I'm sure that there are young people out there who, who struggle in classrooms more than probably more than I did even I didn't have any additional support so everything that I did was basically on my own I I had no no support anywhere not from from family or even in school so um I I felt yeah and I think that's um important isn't it because uh I mean today there's a lot of social media which perhaps you and I might not have had Mm. and that may have made a bigger difference but do you think things have really changed a lot maybe since then um I think um I think things are changing slowly but I feel like there's still there's still a huge gap to be honest with you maybe like there's a a little small change very very small (laughs) but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done like there's still so much work like when I say so much work I mean, like, a huge, huge, huge gap. Like, I work in a school, so in a school that I work in, um, I work in a vocational school for young women from refugee and asylum seeker background. So our school is, like, different in the sense that the way we operate is literally, you know, um, student-centered and we focus on so many other aspects, like social aspects of, you know, of of the lives of our students, aspects which otherwise influence their education and I think that a lot of mainstream mainstream schools lack that 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 holistic approach to educating students is really not there we don't understand well we're not really trying to understand what's happening beyond life in the classroom and that's where the problem is because young people are not going to engage if they've got shit that they're thinking about you know if they've if they've got millions of chores that they got to do when they get home or if they've got to do things for their parents, you know, if they've got to, I don't know, translate legal documents. Those are some of the things I used to do. Like I used to read my mom's Centrelink letters, you know, like stuff like that. So I feel like there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, to be honest with you. I'm not even going to try and sugarcoat. All good, very good points, yeah. And I don't think a lot of us realise the amount of pressure that is on a lot of colds. We students. really don't at all. We don't like, and the problem is, you know, that whole thing where we just clump all students into the into the one into the one basket, and it just it does not work like that. It doesn't mm. work like that. Mm. So, can you tell me what led you to being a poet? And was there a, an experience or a moment that you decided, well, this is what I want to do, or? Um, did, was it a gradual process? Um, the first time I actually started writing poetry was when I was in primary school. I was in year seven and I was having a very, very rough time. Um, I was very disengaged. I had a lot of issues at home which were you know, affecting my level of engagement at school. And my principal at that time um, when I was in Adelaide brought me a notebook and she just told me, start writing, write whatever you want to write. You can write poems, you can just write how you feel. And from then on, I just I took it on. Um, I just, like, yeah. 
And, and look, I've just been looking at your book of poetry and I just um, really loved the Home Again oh, yeah. poem. Mm, I like that one. And I just wanted to read just two paragraphs. I know it's quite long but I find them, you know, really quite enlightening and probably what I've heard from a lot of students of African-Australian background mm-hmm. when you said, um, yet even in the land of opportunity, I am greeted with hostility, prejudice. Australia, where is the hospitality? I am split between two homes. I am too foreign for my own home and just not enough for here. Yep. Can you talk us through a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the the, the lines themselves, just as, as you read, like are pretty self-explanatory. Like that whole feeling of you know already being like a refugee and then being given the opportunity to you know maybe establish yourself in a new home yet even in that new home you're still made to feel like an like an outsider so therefore you are now forever going to live your life in limbo whereby you feel like you're split between where you originally came from and now where you have settled to try and start your new life and i think that's it's a burden that all of us carry all the time. It, I don't really think it ever goes anywhere. It's always just there, lingering at the back of your mind. Yeah. And, and that, I think, creates a lot of tension within people. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Not just young people um, alone. We see it in, you know, like our older generations as well. We see it in, the, in our parents, the way that they... They organize themselves the way that they, you know, do things socially. Like I, I see it. I mean, like I, I see these trends and these different and these different patterns. And in the end, what those patterns really reveal is that people are generally living a, you know, living. It's either they're living a survivalist lifestyle or they're just living a life that's sort of like half. Like do, when you do something half or and not wholeheartedly, you know, like living living your life half on a half basis. If that makes sense, yeah, it mm. does. Maybe it's not because they don't have the energy for a full commitment. Mm, I don't really think it's because, because they don't have the energy. I think it's more of the way that society is set up yeah i don't i don't really think yeah but maybe that the 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 energy that it requires to be in that society that's true doesn't allow yeah. you to make that full commitment because you're always being held yes, back yes yes that's definitely that's that's what i meant by the tension within um yourself mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to have extra energy <laughs> if you know what I mean, to have that sort of seamless life. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look at somebody like me, it's very easy for me to have that energy because there is no tension that I have to deal with. Sorry, the kids are just jumping in the room. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it is very exhausting, I suppose, either way, um, whether mm. you try to ignore it and just, live your life to the fullest or you know 
whether you try to ba- try and balance the scale the best you can. Yeah. And so what um, led you to do um, performance poetry? Um, well, I'm, I don't actually really consider myself as someone who's a performance poet. I, I, I tend to just really um, talk about my work as you know, just as someone who is, is a writer and then occasionally, because there's a great, there's a huge spoken word scene, I will, you know, be in a position where I will recite my poems or perform my poems, um, uh, I suppose on a, on a verbal basis. But, um, I guess my first, um, kind of, to answer the question, my first, um, my initial, um, I suppose experience with, you know, performance poetry and things like that was when I was in South Australia. Um, my friends and I, like a group of, like a group of our friends, like my friend Manal, Manal Yunus, uh, formed a, um, uh, a spoken word space for young people of African background. And she invited me to come on board because she always knew that I loved poetry. And she said, you know what? Love to have you on board and um, doing this with me. So I got in, and by then I was just the MC. So I was just doing my MCing because I love MCing. Um, and that was kind of like how I sort of, in a way, got into, you know, doing a little bit of performance poetry. Um, and we're very glad to <laughs> And then, um, yeah, and then after that I moved here to Melbourne. Um, and then I kind of, I, I, didn't, I didn't really do too much, like, performance poetry stuff because I was really still focusing trying to focus the best I can on my my techniques you know like as, as a writer as a as a as a as a writer who mainly writes poetry as a poet I wanted to focus my full attention on the writing aspect and really trying to nail the journey and for the two years that I've been here in Victoria that's pretty much all that I've been doing and occasionally you know there are times when you know, a cool event will come up and they'll 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 invite me to do some of my poetry and and I never really decline so i I'm always very um flexible in that in that sense so yeah that's how it happened for me that's fantastic and I think um many of the students perhaps listening uh will be very interested in looking at your website which is floracholwritings.com. yep that's the one that's the one. And if anybody wants to get a copy of Tomorrow's Dream, um, then you can go to that website and um, buy a copy. So we'd just like to thank Flora so much for joining us and she's an inspiration to many young people and I have seen her perform and she's brilliant. So have a look at her website, check out her poems and we thank you very much for being on Community Conversations. Thank you for having me. Had a very wonderful time.